0: action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now
1: we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with nsclivetv.com. That's No Signal Comics. nsclivetv.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of nsclivetv.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Hello again, slurds. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is Creator Corner. On this Creator Corner, I have decided to corner the creator that goes by the name of Ryan Brown. You may recognize Ryan Brown from uh, most recent titles like Quantum and Woody. And then he has uh, projects known, or <laughs> known as... Uh, well, I guess they are known as uh, God Hates Astronauts. But yeah, we go through and we talk about the whole... Upbringing of his career and yeah, it's just good stuff, man. Uh, it's not very often I get the chance to to chat with an illustrator. Illustrators are usually busy, um, so yeah, no, that's worked out. This episode was actually, uh... admittedly, it's been in the the bank for a while now. Um, it's just it's just been sitting there, but patrons could have been listening to it for like four or five weeks now, so. Um, if it sounds dated, I don't think it would come off dated, but if it does, uh, well, that that would be why, but that's, that's not necessarily what's happening. (laughs) So, before we get to this, this awesome interview with Ryan Brown, I gotta remind you where to get your comics, man, where to get your comics, if you're playing it safe, you're not going out in public, get on these auctions, nsclivetv.com brings you the best in auction action. And, of course, I'm talking about Hooked on Comics. Hooked on Comics, you find Tuesdays and Saturdays, Tuesdays at 6 Eastern, Saturdays at 7 Eastern, and you're going to get all types of great auctions, obviously. Uh, there's, There's just so much to be had so many great books to be had, all types of deals, they do $5 bin deals as well, so once again, Hooked on Comics, Tuesdays at 6 Eastern, Saturdays at 7 Eastern, and as always, visit NSCLiveTV.com for your home in the best in auction action. Now, without further ado, I bring to you the one and only, Ryan Brown. All right, Ryan Brown, how are you, man? Doing pretty okay pretty okay yeah no that seems about standard right now that seems about standard um i can't i,
0: I uh, doing great i feel like that you know everyone's just making it making it work
1: yeah that's that's all we can do right now i mean no one has any answers or any to anything because i mean yeah we at this point we, i'm not even sure what the hell the question is so <laughs> um yeah uh we we just we just got to go with the flow and uh comic creators man i can't uh, can't imagine how how your minds are working right now i'm not sure if there's you know things you know that you're not supposed to discuss or you're just as in the dark as everyone else or maybe you have your own uh your own conclusions you've just been kind of drawn up on your own but just uh, i know as somebody that covers comics my my brain is being racked as to what's going on so i, I can't imagine how you guys are taking all of this how, how are you taking all of this
0: there's a you know there's a lot of doom and gloom uh, in terms of, you know, we work in an industry that isn't exactly um, flush with constant cash influxes. You know, so uh, you know, comic shops work on a pretty narrow margin, um, and you know, having all everything go to comic shops through Diamond, which you know most creators has known have known as has been like a total mistake. to uh Hmm. to have all of your eggs in one basket and then when diamond can't when diamond has to shut down then all of a sudden the whole industry shuts down so um yeah it's a it's a weird time like i don't know what i don't know what things look like on the other side um the one good thing for comic shops is that um it's not comic shops in general are just not a store they're like a community like a cult thing um like when you shop at a comic shop you build up a relationship so hopefully when this is all done or even during it the the relationship is still there between the fans and uh the store you know the store runners like my my main shop that's been my main shop for like 10 years is um Changed into now being like an online. They had to build a whole online shop in order to get people comics, and it's it's working all right, I think. um But yeah, like I don't I don't I don't know. I have no idea what it's going to be like on I mean, the other side. I, I know a decent amount of behind the scenes stuff from companies, and I would just kind of say there are no real conclusions to draw from any of it. Like I don't. Yeah. Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, I'm sure every every company right now is scrambling to, you know, come up with their own plan of action, uh, you know, a, a contingency plan in case Diamond doesn't, you know, get back to operating at its fullest extent like so many expect them to. I am on the other side of the fence and says that, yeah, Diamond may be opening, but I don't think it's going to be nearly in the capacity that they were operating before all of this. Um, so uh, there's definitely going to be a massive amount of, uh, changes that, that take place. There's no, there's no, it all just going back to normal. So I, I do commend the shops that are saying, you know what, I'm going to lace it up. Let's, uh, let's, let's figure out a way to, you know, keep some sort of income coming in the meantime, if we got to have to create an online presence to do so and do online auctions or whatever it may be to, to keep it coming in then yeah, those are going to be the ones that, that that strive through this but as far as, you know, what's going to be coming in from here on out that's really the main question and that's uh, and, and how, how at this point there's so many questions uh, you know, like the the amount of
0: creatives that need jobs is not disappearing you know um, so and at this point, if you're still reading comics, that means you really love comics, and and which is great because there's enough people that really love comics to really keep the industry doing doing pretty well. But um, the impression the impression I get is that people who read comics aren't just sitting there being like, yeah, I guess I'll just read comics because they're there, and then the second they disappear, they're like, well, I just play video games now, and they won't come back to comics. So the hope is that the people that are were already reading comics like that is a special niche that they, that they need in their life and they'll come back to. So fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. I'm right. I'm definitely on the positive side of that. And as long as, you know, we, we don't go too long without that, you know, or, or, you know, with the gap of not having comics, new stuff to read, then I think we'll be okay. And that's why I think a lot of these plans of actions that these companies have rolled out, although, you know, highly controversial in some circles, I still think it's the right thing to do. We gotta have some sort of way to make sure that people don't completely disappear from the, the industry, because we've all, we all got... I mean, we're, we're as we have a YouTube mind now. We're, we're set for you know we have a three minute time or uh, um, focus, and then we move on to the next thing. And if we don't keep it going, then uh, it's it's that's it. We that 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 last thing is gone, and we can't have comics be that last thing. So we have to focus our attentions or keep our attention span focused, and we have to have things to uh, I mean material to do that. So I mean I'm I'm behind all of this. Uh, any ideas what Valiant's doing right now? It seems like right now you're you're close. Closest working or working closest with Valiant as far as Quantum and Woody goes. Is there anything you can let us know about that or is it just a pencils down, we'll let you know type of situation? Uh, I mean, I do know stuff
0: about it and I am not allowed to talk about it. Um, Gotcha. But it's in in nature, everything is positive. So um, I'll take that. To me, that's news. Books like things are moving in the right direction and uh, there will. There will be things to be happy about in the future, so
1: Right on. No, and I, I that that doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. I mean and it's I can understand the, the thought of withholding good news too, because you know, you kinda want to play the play the field, see what everyone else is doing before you go off and make the, the big grandiose decision of hey we're we're making this big drastic change or whatever the, the decision may be. So I mean I, 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 I get the secrecy. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean I think there's like the problem with all this there's, like, a level of social responsibility that, um, you know, and you walk that fine line of giving people good news and trying not to give people reasons to stop, you know, doing what they're doing to keep us all safe, you know? Yes. Like, like oh, well, comics are coming back. Well, that means that I can start going out to the store more. You know, like, it's... it's it, it's a really weird, fine line where you try to give some positive change back to the normal without people saying, all right, now I'm just going to go outside and just, you know, be amongst all my friends and stuff. Like, it, it, it's 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 a strange, strange time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely the, the theme for 2020 right now, man. That's, that's, uh, but... Uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the positive boat. I, I I have full confidence that you know I'm gonna get more issues of Quantum and Woody, and I'm hoping more than they actually slated. What did they say originally? Four or six or something like that. And I after the first issue, I said, No, you can't just put out four issues of this. You have to. This goes on forever.
0: This <laughs> is probably correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, um, I, 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 let's let's move past all the doom and gloom. Let's let the, the the listeners in the world know who the hell Ryan Brown is, because I tell you what, man, I immediately fell in love with your work you're you're an incredible artist and i i i i, I have to know everything about you um <laughs> so i mean i, I want to go all the way back to as far as you know your your original inspirations uh pulled from comic books you know what, were were you reading comics as a kid uh a little bit i'm a very bad reader um and i like
0: words are hard for me like the the written word is very hard for me so Um, I think I gravitated towards comics because I wouldn't have to read the words. I could tell a story with just the pictures. Um, and that's something that I continue with my comics today. Every script I draw, I draw so that you can understand what's happening without any words. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I bought comics from a very early age, um, You know, just at at the drugstore and the bookstore and off the spinner racks, and we didn't have any sort of comic shop until I was like in my in my teens that actually you could go to. But uh, but yeah, I I mean, I bought it all, and then Wizard magazine was my favorite thing. I like Wizard more than comics because I could just look at all the different art, um, and that's what I really gravitated towards. So uh, for me like still uh what I gravitate towards is is good visual storytelling and that's what my main goal is with everything that I do um uh, I, yeah so that's what I that's that's kind of where I started from and and really my love of animation and movies is where I gained a lot of my deeper like love of story uh okay. and so I I I pull a lot of that uh into my work um, and I think, in terms of my reference, like the the stuff that I pull from reference wise in my work is a mixture of comics, movies, and animation. So it's not necessarily all like my style doesn't exactly fit with um, one specific like comic style. It's kind of uh, like an, uh, an amalgamation of all these different influences that I had. Uh,
1: growing up I love it I love it uh, that's that's it's actually interesting to know that most of your inspirations artistically came from uh, mediums outside of comics themselves. Um, a, I I totally relate to the uh, you know not being all that keen to reading words myself and that's that's why I fell into comics uh, and, and magazines as well. Uh, wizard magazine I I, I know I'm, I know what you mean man. So uh, yeah, no, I, I totally relate. I, I I see that you have no problem telling a story with, I mean, you, uh, just in curse words, you make Charles Soul's life very easy. I mean, he has to write so little script because you're you're, <laughs> I mean, you just tell it. You just you just you do the work. I, I love it, man. You're, huh, oh, for sure. Uh yeah uh this the you're gonna it's gonna be bombarded with compliments man I don't have enough good things to say about you um so <laughs> uh yeah well I mean we've been distanced enough I think it's about time some of these creators like yourselves you know it's you guys could use a little ego stroke you guys don't know yeah you know, it's not like you guys have had books to sell you don't have numbers to get get off on right now so you know a little uh <laughs> yeah uh from some random podcasters maybe not so bad. But, um, so, uh, what, your, your, your breakout book, what, what made you, what was your breakout moment into comics? Um, so I had kind of like a, uh, an ease into
0: the industry, uh, um, where I was filling in on various things. Like I, I did the final issue of a, of Voltron series. And then I did the final issue of a storm shadow GI Joe series, Larry Hama, um, so I was like really good at doing final issues when the book needed to be cancelled, and they just wanted someone cheap to finish it um, uh. so like to finish the story arc so like <laughs> that that was my entrance into comics and then um uh I have this like long history of just being hired by my friends uh so like i you know i i I spent years and years and years doing pencil submissions and trying to meet editors and get them to like me and respond to emails and eventually hopefully give me work. And I just, it, it never worked. So, um, my biggest like success in comics was the book God hates astronauts, which I write and draw. Um, and that I started as a self published book for like five years. Uh, I th- I started 2007, and I would self publish it um, in single issues, and I would put it on the web for free. And that kind of built me my audience Um, just being at comic shows selling this really strange comic. Um, And then eventually, I built up enough of a following that I did a Kickstarter for a collected edition of God Hates Astronauts material that was like 186 pages. Um, and that Kickstarter did extremely well. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm of having this weirdo comic that had built a cult following and Kickstarter being a really hot new thing that people were excited about. Um, so that Kickstarter did so well that, um, it basically made me enough money to live off of it for like two years. And wow. it got the attention of Image Comics and I'm mean, like I gave I gave the hardcover book after I printed it to Ron Richards at Image Comics and I was just like, Hey, can we can we do can we do a soft cover version of this? And if that does well, can we do can we do more issues? And he said, Sure. So um that was like my start and then from that I started I did fill in work on Manhattan projects because I had become friends with Nick Patera. So I did four issues of that and then I had become friends with Riley Rossmo, and he when he stepped away from Bedlam, uh, I filled in into the final story arc of Bedlam. Uh, so all, you know, just just through friends, I started getting active work at Image and getting to know the people at Image Comics, and um, I've worked for pretty much everybody, but for the most part, Image has been my home, which you know that's what I always wanted. You know, since I was in middle school reading uh you know spawn and dragon and you know all the greatness that is very strange now but <laughs> at the time was so exciting uh you know that's that's where i wanted to work was image and so it it took me a really long time to get there um i graduated from college in 2003 um, and I didn't do that Kickstarter for God hates astronauts that really launched my career until 2013. So it was 10 years out of college, uh, of, of doing odd jobs and single issues here and there before I really got, um, uh, got to make this my, my career. Wow. And you, you went to school for art then? Yeah. 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 I went to art school. Um, my, uh, my roommate in college was Paulo Rivera. Uh, who huh. was, uh, was working for he was working for Marvel our senior year of college like he he took like an independent study where he was painting Iron Man covers uh and getting college credit <laughs> while working for Marvel which is pretty I mean that was that was like at that time I was at my like in colleges where I read a ton of comics we had an extensive comic book library at, at the school I went to so um that's where I really like got into reading and reading and reading and I read a ton. And, you know, I had a, a pull list that I was spending, you know, a hundred dollars every couple weeks. And that's where I really, really got into comics. But, um, but yeah, pa- Paulo hit it. Paulo was like a, I mean, still is like a, a pretty supernatural talent. And uh, so he started working professionally when we were, when we were
1: in college together. Wow, man! It's uh, I always love hearing those stories where you know you you have these two creators that you know you, you recognize or you find them and notice them at totally separate times, but realize that there's this this crazy uh, you know flat or history, historical relationship that somehow interweaves the two of you. I, I love it. I love that stuff. Frickin' Ryan Brown and Paulo Rivera.
0: Yeah, and Joe and Joe Canones was in our grade as well, uh, or our class. I guess. <laughs> and uh gotcha. we were we were friends with him as well so uh you know out of college it was uh going to comic shows paulo joe and i all all going and doing comic shows and uh you know paulo having this huge line <laughs> immediately because he was already working for marvel and working on uh the marvel mythos stuff with uh, paul jenkins uh it was i mean it was really cool it was really really cool
1: i love it and it all came from publishing a uh um, I mean, well, you, 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 that's that's the beginning, and then from there you publish a, a webcomic, and now <laughs> you're 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 right up there with Paulo Rivera, and you don't have to. I mean, the fact that he's standing in a line at Marvel or has, has a line at Marvel is just an everyday thing now because you have a line too, and that's that's amazing, man. That's that's incredible.
0: We we had always wanted to do different things. You know, he was more superhero focused, and then. I became more you know, I was always more drawn to indie comics and uh, you know, Scud, The Disposable Assassin was my favorite comic and I I just I just loved indie stuff and was really baking the dark horse and image uh in high school. Um and so like that's the stuff that I really gravitated towards and I wasn't like I love superhero cartoons, like I love the X-Men cartoon and Batman animated series and um uh, but that but that like I, I was never that kind of nerd that was super into this superhero mythology like it just wasn't it wasn't anything that I I, you know, I liked it but it wasn't anything that I really like that's not what I really wanted to do
1: That's that's awesome man that's I, I love it I love it. Uh, where, where did uh, where was God Hates Astronauts first published? I mean, as far as the uh, I mean, was it on webtoons or I mean, is this still a place that it, it was before webtoons? I think um, you know, like the the first
0: version I did um, was I did a, a printing of fifty copies that actually the book was half black and white because I wanted to try and find a publisher. Um, so I printed up fifty of them at a at a, at a Kinko's, and uh, nobody liked it. Um, but the funny thing is, is that those single issues go for like six, seven hundred dollars uh, on the internet when you when you can find them, which is kind of a nice validation. But you know, everything I was doing was just kind of filtering through my my comedic influences you know it was adult swim and upright citizens brigade and mystery science theater and the simpsons like all in this one thing and at that time comics weren't doing that um so i was a little ahead of the curve in comics but in other media that stuff was starting to get really popular um so like since since I did that there's tons of stuff that you know is very similar. Um but at the time I was kind of I was a little bit ahead of what people wanted in the comic book and they didn't really know what to do with it. Um so I kind of attribute that to why I made this comic that no one would publish and then you know four or five years of making it I then raised $75,000 on Kickstarter and then it goes on to be a very successful image book and it's like well it was the same thing all along um, but nobody would publish it and then until I had to like legitimately spend all this time proving that there was an audience for it which I knew there was it was just a question of finding it um, and also there just wasn't, there wasn't much of a precedent for that kind of a book, um, you know, making any money. So, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a degree of validation and then, but it's also a little bit of, you know, frustration that I had to spend, like, I still like had to spend so much time working on things that weren't what I wanted to do, even though I know I have this built in, you know, this audience of people that really just wish that that's what I was doing, you know, like, when I've, I've worked on, like, some Ant-Man stuff, and some Back to the Future comics, and Ninja Turtle comics, and, like, just all these different things, because, you know, that's that's where the work is, but, uh, uh, you yeah, know, it's, I wish I could just do the silly stuff.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that you touched on your uh, your comedic influence because uh, your influence is uh, them coming from uh, more animation than anything. Because there's really, I guess, when you think about, it, there's not a whole lot of you know to to, to pull from at that time, uh, and, and throughout comics, um, because that's definitely the one thing that draws me to your art style the most. Is yes, you know how to throw down on an action scene better than anybody. I mean, is as good as anybody at least. Uh, but the the way you you can can bring about a laugh with a drawing, man. Uh, I I I love it. Just the just the subtle things you do. Um, I mean, as it, simple as Margaret flipping through the paper, and you know, you just randomly see, hey, you know, what about that baseball diamond? You know, like uh, it's just l- little things like that. You know, you pay attention to, and you still know how to, you you know how to get a laugh. So I'm glad that you, you, you mentioned uh, your your influences coming from animation there, because there's obviously something. To, to to pull from, because goddamn, you're funny as shit, dude. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, I'm gonna talk a lot about curse words, cause I uh I just fell into a curse words hole. I, I did. Um, I haven't had uh, Quantum and Woody. I was expecting to be able to talk about you know at least the first four issues at this point. Uh, that's not necessarily the case now. but So I went out and I picked up the, the, the trade of curse words, and there's five trades out. So the next time I hit up the shop, I will be picking up the other four trades and binging this. Um, I actually just recorded an entire uh, episode, what I call trade negotiations, where I go through and I focus an, just a, a, an entire episode on one volume of an indie book uh, or a story arc or whatever the thing may be. And, uh, yeah, no, I think Curse Words is about to get a hell of a treatment, man, it's, it's it's getting the full treatment, I'm going all the way on this, because, um, I'm not normally drawn to magic, that's that's not normally my thing, there has to, you have to do something really different to get me in, and with this, you, you, you made it funny, it's not all, you know, mumbo jumbo spells and whatnot, it's, uh, This is, it's just a wizard that digs on his beard on Earth that doesn't want to fuck up Earth. And that's funny to me. That's, that's hilarious. And yeah, so he knows magic because he's a wizard and that's a big part of it. But that's, that's not the part that I focus on. And there's just so much more to focus on as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's, it has that drama aspect, you know, with the whole relationship. Admittedly, I'm just through the first volume. Uh, but uh damn dude <laughs> uh, there's there's so much to love about this so what is it i mean how getting approached by charles soul how is that did he approach you or did image said hey man we got like we got a team for you i mean what, what, how does this work
0: um i've known charles for a while okay his uh his wife is from the same hometown i'm from and uh we figured that out because we were both at a bar at a comic show in 2012, uh, and Detroit Tigers were playing in the playoffs. And so I'm from Michigan, and his his, his he's originally from Michigan as well, but his his wife is from Michigan. So um, we kind of bonded over paying attention to the baseball game. <laughs> Um, and then we've been friends ever since so it, it had been a, like a long time coming of um, us you know being friends and then wanting to work together and then things never really lining up um, schedule wise and um, you know we but but eventually it did and so we we would you know one of my favorite people to go drinking with at a comic show you know which is where a lot of ideas come from sadly
1: (laughs) and that doesn't surprise me
0: yeah i mean it's a weird industry because you all your peers for the most part don't live where you live so you see them at comic shows four five six times a year um and so it's this weird compartmentalized relationship with your peers that's like, oh, great, I get to see you. But I get to see you when I'm at a comic show after a hard day of work at a table. And then we you know, blow off steam by getting drinks at a bar kind of thing. Um, so Charles and I really loved riffing on ideas. We had like a really good rapport where we didn't have the same sense of humor, but our sense of humor is really played off of each other. Um, and so we'd been talking about working together for a very long time and, you know, I just kept getting opportunities and then, uh, you know, he, he, his career really exploded and really blew up really quickly. Um, but then we could, we kind of figured out a time that we could actually start working together. And so we had a conversation about what I would like to draw and, um, Charles had this idea about. We had talked about what would be fun to draw, and what I wanted to do was do a comic that couldn't be a movie and couldn't be a TV show, because we exist in an industry where so many comics are trying to be a movie or TV show, and comics have an unlimited special effects budget. And I wanted something that could be big, and something that could we could do whatever we wanted. And so, do whatever you wanted. We realized, well, magic. With magic, you can do whatever you want. So um, then Charles had this idea that, what if we did a story about a wizard that's a dick? Um, and, and so that's that was like the start of what curse Words was. And so, um, so then I did like the initial designs of Wizard, and you know, making him like this hipster dude. Uh and you know, like wanting to stage it in the modern day. It's like, all right, let's have a modern day thing where you can do whatever you want. So then it's like, well how do how do we figure out what the rules of magic are? And so um uh, I'd always loved that uh that count that power countdown and spawn. You remember that? You ever read spawn? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I love that power countdown and spawn. So I was like, Well I mean what if he has a limited amount of magic, and it's represented by his beard as, like, his his power gauge? So, um, <laughs> you know, those were some of the original ideas that we had that that was like, all right, with magic you can do anything, but to a certain extent, because you run out of power, so what is the story that we tell with all this? And, um the first trade, especially, was like a lot of back and forth with us, idea-wise, and setting up the world and world-building stuff. Um, and then trades two, three, four, five are mainly him running with it, and then him giving me scripts and me putting what a, my own spin on the script, and then him feeding off of that for the next one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, whether people like curse words or not, I, I, I'm pretty steadfast and the feeling that it's unlike any other comic because i do think that it's a pretty um solid merge of our two sensibilities and we don't necessarily we both have a little bit of off kilter to us um you know where i'm i'm more absurdist than charles and charles is more structure based and like like motivation and heart and like all the things that make an actual good story and i'm more let's throw it off the rails so when those come together i think it makes for uh, a very unique reading experience
1: um i love it It, it, i mean it meshes together so well i mean this is uh, i'm not lying man this is something i'm really stoked on i after reading the first volume i'm excited that i have this to read um no does the story end at volume five or is that just where it's at right now
0: No, that's a a hard ending. You know, we wanted to do five volumes. Um, So we got the five volumes, which, you know, working on an Image book, um, I don't know if you know or you don't know, but Image is this incredible company that allows you to completely own uh, the property that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, And thus, they don't pay you to make the comic. Right, if the comic sells, you get you get a portion of the sales, like a very generous generous portion. But if it isn't selling, then you don't make any money. Right, so the goal with any good image, like image, image is not a company that's going to cancel your book. Right, they're gonna they're gonna facilitate helping you make it. They're gonna support you through the printing, through the distribution, and the promotion. Um, but eventually, like, if you're not selling a lot, then you're not making any money off of it, and then the creators have to kind of, you know, say, well, should we keep doing this? Um, should we have to walk away? Should we end the story, you know, early, whatever? So, usually when you're reading an image book and it and it stops, it's because it wasn't selling well enough. So, with Curse Words, we wanted to do 25 issues. Well, actually, it's 28, because there's three specials in there. Um, and we were fortunate enough that, that people came out, consistently bought the book enough that we we got to keep going. we were making enough of a, a, you know a living wage making it that we were able to keep going and tell the story all the way to the end. So um, you know I haven't sat down and read it from beginning to end at this point, but it's 750 pages of, of one consistent story, which we're very we feel very blessed that we got to do that.
1: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I, I love to see... I mean, like I said, I, I just have the first volume to, to, to base my judgments off of so far, but I mean, I can't see me liking it any less from here on. Um, do you have any plans on uh, working with Charles in the future?
0: Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually starting on our next book together, so...
1: Oh, right on. It's going to be awesome. I'm very,
0: very excited about it.
1: Is it anything you could talk about now? Is it going to be through Image?
0: Yeah, uh, it will be through image, um, right. but on that I don't want to say anything. Uh, it's it's got a very strong uh, idea behind it. That is, it comes from one of those you know late night two in the morning comic show bar car- conversations with Charles. Um, right. There was an idea I had then that was just a joke and. Like literally I had this idea like six years ago. Um, and it seemed impossible to do it as a comic and then as we've been talking about it, keeps coming back up this concept and um so Charles and I decided to finally do it. And it it's a it's a really interesting thought experiment, um, and I think it will read really well given what's happened in our world <laughs> currently. Um but so it's an eight issue series, and we're just, Charles just did a really big breakdown of it last night. And we had a big conversation about it today. Um, oh, wow. I'm probably going to get ready to poke around on it, around working on other Valiant y things um, for leading up to the, to the future. But yeah, it, it's going to be
1: great. Oh, man, that's exciting to hear. That's so exciting to hear. I, I love hearing that Charles is writing comics, you know, as, uh, as much as possible, too, because I know he's kind of doing the novel thing a lot lately. So it's it's nice to, to see him jump back into it. I mean, I, I've i actually had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting the man a few years ago, and he's easily one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. So um, I, I, I became even more of a fan after getting to shake his hand. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, um... Uh, yeah, it's and to know that you're you're the artist coming on to whatever this project may be, that's that's exciting. That's so exciting. I can't wait to hear more. Um, any, any idea of a timeline, or are you guys just still? I mean, who knows? I, that's a silly question at this point. Never mind. I'm not gonna. Uh, that's yeah. There's no timeline for anything, man. <laughs> um, yeah, six weeks ago that question would have made sense, but not now. Um, so Quantum and Woody, uh, this this was this was the mind blower for me. Uh, I I really fell in love with this. I've I've always been a, a a fan of the Valiant characters. Quantum Woody. This was my introduction to Quantum and Woody, however, and I I I fell in love. I mean, I love everything about these two fuckers and this goat. Um, <laughs> it's, the there, uh I, I like how so far the the individual issues are kind of their own story within themselves but they kind of feed off of each other at the same time um now we're gonna we can expect more of this right I mean uh, or okay okay uh yeah because this is uh this is great once again, this is how I knew that I mean curse words was gonna be funny. Um, I don't know why I passed on curse words to begin with. wasn't I? I, I couldn't. I couldn't answer that question. I really couldn't. Uh, Charles Soule's names on it. I should have been all over it. But maybe it was just a timing thing. Um, I, I, I did. I missed it. Um, but yeah. So when I went back and I was looking at your catalog and I was like, oh, okay. This this guy did curse words. And yes, I was a little reluctant. I was like, ah, magic. Ah, there's. You know, this is a coin toss. But dude. Oh, man, you, the, the funny. That's the thing. It's the funny. And then the, the hardcore action scenes as well. I mean, the the, the, the ruby sword. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of like the, the after, you know, Dragon Ball Z after they finally fight and everything and you see <laughs> you, you see the wreckage of the land after it's all and done. Like I feel like that's what every uh, action scene you, brings to every panel that you do. Uh, it's, it's 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 amazing. The
0: big part the, the, the narrative here is uh, Wizard being the bad guy who's come to destroy us, and then he realizes, you know, for selfish reasons, it's actually he should protect us because it's pretty sweet here. And then mm-hmm. the amount of havoc that he wreaks on all of our world because he's just selfishly saving. Parts he likes for himself. I like think that's a <laughs> that's an ongoing uh, narrative in the series.
1: Uh, I I love it, man. It's it's perfect. Ah, oh, god, I'm so. I really wish I, I should have just got all uh, all five volumes while they were there. I mean, uh, it's not like I missed my opportunity. It's just I could be reading them now instead of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, me and my impatience. But uh, yes, um, uh, man, I I. I can go on and on uh, about how much I love your work. And I, I, I guess, I, I guess I do have a couple more questions for you. I mean, I do have to ask, I don't get asked ask this question that often because I don't have the opportunity to get a whole lot of artists on here because the schedule is just a, a wee bit more demanding than uh, a lot of writers, it seems. Um, but uh, I mean, are, do you prefer digital or traditional?
0: Um, I do all my layouts digitally. And I do all my colors digitally. Um, but I still inking traditionally is like I don't know. I I haven't been able to figure out a way digitally to make it satisfying or good. So um you know, everything that I ink is is practical and, and on the paper. Um it's I mean inking is by far the best part. Like it's the most fun part of the art is to to really you know drag some ink across the page um but yeah i I do all my layouts digitally which is super helpful and then all my colors
1: are digital i love it Uh, i love a good combination i love the fact that you still leave yourself the out to sell original art if you wanted to as well because yeah that's the uh, artists that are 100% digital, they're really missing out on an opportunity there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't blame them because, you know, it's just its just faster.
0: Yeah, we, we, we exist in this world for comics. Like, speed is paramount, right? Like, that's... It's, it's a monthly gig, and you've got to perform monthly, and, uh, you know, so that creates a lot of... You know it creates a lot of limitations, also a lot of problem solving so working digitally is tends to be faster um, and now our just the comics fandom landscape has changed in the last five years that it used to be people wanted to have pages from books they like now it's oh, I can get original art, I can get a commission from an artist that I like, and so there's been this massive shift of people, and, you know, you could pay you know $300 from this page from this book or you could pay $300 to get this artist to draw exactly what you want them to draw. And so people are shifting towards that, which, you know, it would be nice if everyone just bought original art and then I could spend all my time just doing art that's in comics, like this printed on a page. Um, but also I really, like... When Quantum and Woody went on hold, I took uh, I took commissions at home for the first time ever uh, and I had an incredible flood of requests um, which is really really great and like it makes me feel really good that so many people want to support me as an artist and so I've got several months of work um, just kind of drawing what people wanted me to draw and so it's like a weird liberating thing that I don't have to um, like I don't know i i'm I'm like problem solving every day from start mm-hmm. to finish. If that makes sense. Like I'm doing a commission from start to finish versus working on a comic where I plan an entire issue and I'm planning what I'm gonna be doing for the next month of my life and i'm and I'm you know, like setting up a scene that I'll be drawing for an entire week, and so like I'll kind of be going through the motions more, but. <laughs> working on commissions, it's like every commission, it's like a problem solving, um, exercise. And so it's interesting. It's different. Um, but I, d- I dig it. I dig it, man.
1: Right on. Oh well, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's all interesting. Every, the way, uh, every creator has their own way of doing things. So I, I love hearing, uh, uh each individual's own, own, uh, avenue, and uh, the way they approach things. This is, this is fascinating, man. Um, so I have to know, uh, you, you, I mean, legacy in comics, what do you want your legacy in this industry to be? I mean, do you still have a... Uh, I know that you said you were never really attracted to the major superhero types of forms, but, I mean, is there someone out there that you want to put your mark on, or you just want to be the guy that does the the the, the, the indie stuff and do your own stuff? Uh, I mean, uh, where do you want to be in this industry? What, do you, what are you striving for?
0: I mean my favorite superhero coming up always was Daredevil. Um and the way that I like to make comics now is completely wrong for Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I, I don't really have any aspirations to work on that.
1: Um
0: I did I did I, I wrote, drew, and colored a five page story from Marvel Um, in a book called Secret Wars 2, T-O-O. And it was like a parody thing. And I got to do, a I did a, it was my idea, and I would do, I did a five-page story about Bear Devil, the bear without fear, um, which was super fun. Um, And was like a story about, uh, you know, an alternate marvel dimension where everyone's a bear and so it's got bear devil and uh bear foggy nelson and uh so i sort of got to do daredevil for five pages um uh, and that was a super that was that's one of my favorite things i've ever done um and i hope one day bear devil will be in the marvel handbook and <laughs> we'll have we'll have to have a page. I assume I mean it's canon, right? I mean Marvel Marvel published Bear Devil The Bear Without Fear, so
1: yeah. I mean now we just need the Funko Pop, and it's I mean legit forever, right? I mean, we're <laughs> oh man. Uh, Well, other than that, like I I always wanted to
0: make a book for Image, you know, and I've done a couple of them now, so. uh... If if I had my way, that's all I would do. Um, You know, I've done a decent amount of self publishing, um, but I really like not answering to people, and I really like being able to come up with my own ideas or feed off other people's ideas and not have to worry about it in the grand scheme of some giant corporation and you know whatever property they have and what they can or can't do with it. You know, like there's a place for that, and I, you know, I can take that job and I can do it. But, but really, what I like doing is making stuff up and just making stuff up in a vacuum and letting it be what it what it can be, and then hopefully people will read it and enjoy
1: it. I love it, man. That's that's a that's I think that's a great approach to have, um, and and a mindset that I think. Many should uh, maybe take notes on because it's. I, I, I no. I really I really do think that um, uh, maintain making sure that you maintain creative control and not having a boss. Like I, my my whole life is striving to make sure I don't have a boss, anybody telling me what to do ever again. And so I, I really do admire that approach. And I mean when you when you produce the things that you do and you have the ideas that you have that can really I mean um. Uh, I guess validate the fact that I don't need these already established IPs to put my name on to to be to have a legacy in this industry. I'll just create my own thing that people will create T-shirts and merchandise out of, and they'll love. And they don't even have to make a movie out of it. I'm gonna make sure. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna make sure they can't make a movie out of it. That's that's uh, I, I I don't I don't think it gets any more admirable than that. I I, I really don't. That's somebody that loves comics, is what that is, and that's. I think that's the approach that several others in this industry should really kind of, like I said, take notes on. Maybe start directing their attention in that way. But I don't know. Whatever. We'll just you you, you could. I'll be perfectly fine if you're the only one out there doing that too, because um, I know that you're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> um. So I mean, I, I I usually uh at the end of these, I have a quick set of questions just to kind of kind of maybe pick at the brain a little bit more uh, and do our own little psychology and chew on it after it's all said and done. Um, I do these rapid-fire questions here. Sometimes I'll do word association, but um, now I'm just kind of asking these... Uh, they're kind of white bread questions, but then I realize they're kind of important at the same time. One of them you've already answered, and that was uh, Best Hero. You said Daredevil. What is it about Daredevil? Um, man... I
0: don't know. <laughs> At this point, I I, I, okay. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I used to I used to have that kind of response about why I like Daredevil so much. I mean, he's very conflicted and very flawed, right? He's he's uh, a guy who wants to be um, pure and pious, and but is filled with um, you know deep seated like. I don't know, desires for, like, self-congratulation and, uh, you know, like, he he wants to be the hero, but he also has his dad complex. Like, I just think Mm -hmm. that he is more interesting in general. Um, You know, he's kind of,
1: like, he's similar to Batman, but Batman... Yeah, as I say, he's Batman, I mean, essentially, just without all the money, I guess. But Batman has a
0: social, economic aspect that doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't
1: know if I can. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, you can swear all you want. <laughs> idea of a billionaire, um, guy, man of privilege who
0: solves crime by going out and and beating up, you know, criminals is like. It's, yeah. No, I get you. It's it's so. I mean i don't know it just doesn't play right it doesn't make sense it batman makes sense if it's funny but it doesn't once you make it real and it's like wow well i mean what what is this what is this comic about like, it, it, like <laughs> culturally it just, it's it's it, it's it's gross like it just feels gross but um you know daredevil is, since he has a superpower and like you know, it's a disadvantage, but an advantage in some ways. Like that makes him more interesting to me. Um, that said, if you make Batman funny and weird and like campy, I think he's the best character there is. Like he's got the best villains. He's got like if you focus on that aspect rather than trying to make Bruce Wayne a real person working for a real you know with a real company uh, and all this military tech and like all these things that, like, get really weird and gross where he just is, like, beating up poor people that don't have money who are turning to crime. Like, it just, I don't know. i go on forever about that. (laughs) I
1: don't know. So what you're saying is Adam West is the only person that portrayed Batman right ever in history, ever. That's, okay. (laughs)
0: Because Michael Keaton was kind of silly with it, too.
1: I guess he was. You're right, you're right. He was kind of, he was pretty, yeah. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's awesome. I mean, is there a hero that you think is better than Daredevil now? I might have been kind of assumptive, I guess, answering for you. Um No, I mean I'm not super into heroes at this point. Like
0: I <laughs> I I just I see this I see comics as escapist fun. And yes. so I don't know. I I I'd like Green Lantern a lot because I like I like the the concept of. I guess he's very similar to Daredevil to me more than Batman because it, like I feel like there is a legitimate power of will and adversity kind of feeling um, that like like a mental adversity kind of thing, which I which I think is is an interesting concept. But um, you know, like if I were drawing a superhero, I'd want to draw NFL super pro like because he's you know an absurdist and like (laughs) you know like gotcha kind of that's kind of stuff that appeals to me now more than ever like just man i i don't want to make a statement about culture or the human condition uh, you know with myself (laughs) like i want this to be escapism and i want this to be entertainment so
1: um that's just i love it direction i'm going Right on, man. No, that's, uh, I, 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 I dig that answer. Um, is there, and I don't like to use the term your favorite villain, because some people kind of scoff when it's verbalized that way, but is there a villain that you think is the best? And like I said, it doesn't have to be out of Marvel or DC, it could be out of curse words, or it could be out of any, anything, but is there a villain in comics that you find yourself to be the most drawn to?
0: That's, boy, I've never really thought about that. Um... Uh... I don't know. I mean, I guess he's a villain. Uh, uh, I would say Tetsuo and Akira. Okay, pretty interesting, right? Because he's kind of um, he's kind of the younger brother to the cool kid who wants power, and then he finally gets power, and he it's too much, and he can't figure out how to handle it, and it kind of destroys him. Uh, I like that story a lot. You know, I like I like when the kind of bully older brother uh, gets kind of put in his place, but then it it goes too far. Like I think that's interesting. Uh, nice. So, yeah. So that that's my answer.
1: Right on. Um, uh, do you have a favorite single issue that you've read? Just a single issue that you think this is the best twenty pages that's ever been in comics.
0: Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the first thing that... The first thing that struck me was from Mike Allred Solo. Did you ever read that? No. So, uh, DC did a series of books. And I know there were like 12 of them that were called Solo. And it was one creator writing and drawing all the stories. Um, And there's... Mike Allred did one, and it's it's one of my favorite stories ever. It is Our Man, the DC character, the, the mm-hmm. Justice Society character, and uh, he... It's a pill, right? He takes a pill, and then he gets the power for an hour, um, and the story is he takes the pill because he thinks someone's in trouble in the first panel, and then it finds out that it was someone screaming, I don't remember, like for some other reason <laughs> not in trouble and so it's like what does our man do with the rest of his hour that he's super powered for and so every panel is a minute in our man's day uh when he's got oh. superpowers, and that's really really fun i like stuff like that's that that's brilliant that's like a playing with a form kind of thing that uh, i probably haven't read that in 10 years but i just i thought of that and I, that was really fun
1: I'm gonna. I, I, I'm. I'm writing down everything you say, just so you know. I've got a whole list of notes of stuff here. I got to check out. Um, <laughs> what was the last book you read? The last comic you read? Oh,
0: uh, Silver Surfer, Black.
1: Nice man. First
0: size edition. Um, that I. I tried to read, but then I really just look at Trad's art, and that was Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it's hard to it's i mean but that's the thing though is that 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 art really tells the story in itself if you pay close enough attention it's like it takes a page out of your book i guess you know you don't need a whole lot of words when you got an artist that can you know just look what the fuck i can do you know this is yeah (laughs) trad's right there man that oh that stuff was incredible i loved it um uh, I know that you go out of your way to make sure that uh, indie your your stuff can't necessarily always be made into a movie. But what was the what's the next indie to indie comic to movie adaptation you see happening, or even not necessarily movie TV? What's the, what's the what's the next one that needs to be done? I mean, I think the last one they did was Lock and Key or something like that. I don't know. I could be behind, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think it is lock and key. I mean, hopefully it's curse words, you know. I uh, <laughs> we 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 signed a, a pretty decent deal, and we have a, a showrunner and a writer director attached for a TV series. So that's awesome. Yeah, except everything got shut down. So now it's yeah. like, well, I, I have no idea, you know, like. We were hoping to get like a pilot script sometime soon, and now it's like I have no I had no idea what to
1: expect. So, uh, but that would be the best. <laughs> nope, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um. So, uh, I mean, would you go to a streaming service? I would, I would assume, and you take it to to the HBO Max or something like that.
0: Uh, I would have. Nothing to do with that decision.
1: Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I I, I was hoping maybe you I would g- get a little maybe a little bit further than you're leading on, but <laughs> right on. <laughs> oh man. I mean they need they need some they're gonna need some content that HBO Max. <laughs> I could see this going on there. Um man. Uh. Ryan Brown, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm glad I got to pick your brain. I'm sure the listeners in the world, you know, they, they've enjoyed every word that you've had to say. There was definitely some, some very intriguing stuff in here, Very uh, lo- a lot to pull from, that's for sure. So I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. Um. Uh. Can you you let the listeners know where to find you? You got any social media handles? Anything that you want to plug? Anything coming out you want to talk about towards the end? I mean, uh, this last part's all you, man. What do you got to say? Um. Okay. Yeah. I would say, uh, the people that really
0: need you now. If you like, like, everyone is suffering in their own way, but it. You don't have to. You don't have to seek out whoever's suffering the most. You can figure out what's, like, important to you. And with me in this industry, what's important to me is comic shops. Um, Because without comic shops, you know, we don't have comics, right? So uh, there's tons of comic shops that are doing mail order. Um, I would really encourage you to not buy comics off of Amazon, and to buy them from stores.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The reality is... Amazon doesn't sell monthly issues. And monthly issues is how comics survive. You know, like that's that's my paycheck every month. is a monthly comic. And buying a trade is great. But if you can buy single issues... This is how you keep comics going. Uh, and stores sell single issues. So you can figure out a way... To support a store even if there aren't comics you want you can buy a gift card for a comic shop i bought a big gift card for a shop in chicago that is my go-to shop because i want to support them um you know and so like a lot of shops don't have an infrastructure for mail order buy it buy a gift card support that shop if you really love comics like if we don't have these stores anymore then we're screwed like we just are screwed and you know Amazon is great for a lot of things, but uh, if Amazon was the only place you could get comics, the comics industry would die immediately. It just is, it is, that is the truth.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and you're you're right, and I mean, to me that would be the most disgusting thing that ever happened to this industry, because I'm proud to say I haven't supported Amazon or any other, anything in the last... Five or six years, and if all of a sudden the only way to get comics was to go through Amazon, that would be like driving a stake through my heart. I don't, uh, that might be the nail in the coffin for me in this industry. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's extremely important. I, I don't think that, that's probably the most powerful message that anyone could deliver right now during these times. The most important message, uh, is to support the local comic book stores and any way you can. Uh, so, yes, no, I'm, I'm behind you all the way on that, man. Uh, Where can they find you? Um, uh, My Instagram,
0: I've been posting about a commission I do uh, almost every day. um, Nice. And it's at RyanBrownArt, A-R-T. And Brown has an E on the end. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with them and uh, getting a little silly. So um, pretty much every day I do a commission, um and i'm spending way too much time on them so they're actually pretty solid <laughs> and uh, uh yeah at ryan brown art you can you can see those
1: every day cool um and uh they, can they reach out to you for commissions there as well uh, they, could they dm you or do you have a website
0: Just link to my web store uh, through my
1: gotcha cool 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 man um Ryan, this is... I'm going to say it again. It's been an absolute pleasure. I cannot thank you enough. I'm sure you're itching to get back and start inking some stuff and posting on the LIG and teasing the fans, man. Teasing the fans. I know that it's all going to be a tease for me until I, I get that next issue of quantum and Woody. And we get that announcement of the next Charles soul, Ryan Brown collaboration. Um, I, 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 I look forward to following you through the rest of your, your career, man. Um, you, you have a lifelong fan, that's for sure. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Once, uh, once you've got some more work piled on for us to talk about. All
0: right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. This was, uh,
1: this was fun. Right on. Well, I'm I'm glad you had fun, and uh, you stay safe out there, man. We'll 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 be in touch. Yeah, you too. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Another creator has been cornered, and once again, that was Ryan Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E. <laughs> Don't forget the E. Ryan Brown's dope, man. He was great. I love talking to him. I love hearing about uh, illustrators' career. I think they—I mean—they just have a different perspective on the industry compared to most writers. That's just what I find. I don't know. I haven't had enough opportunities to talk to illustrators, so. Um, but I've definitely got more in the books. That's for sure. He will not be the last. No doubt about it. I thank you all for tuning in. I have to remind you to support this podcast. You go to patreon.com slash cheers to comics. You join for as little as a dollar. There are several tiers to choose from. I've just been informed my t-shirts are currently being printed as we speak. So t-shirt tiers will be added soon. I just got to make sure they arrive and all that good stuff. So there you go. Things to get excited about. Uh, Plenty of reasons to join Patreon, to be perfectly honest. Uh, also, leave reviews. Five star reviews mean the worlds of this podcast. I cannot stress that enough. It may seem piddly, but that's that's not the case. Uh, every five star review excels this podcast in the rankings and the algorithms and what have you. And yeah, the more people that know about comics, the better, right? So let's uh, let's spread the word. Five star reviews is all you got to do. And make sure you always follow. Cheers to comics at your. At Cheers to comics on Twitter. You uh, please join the Facebook group. The Cheers to Comics Facebook group is live and poppin. I do little questions in there, and then you know during certain episodes I'll do Facebook group discussions. So you get your chance to be shouted out on the podcast with whatever answers may come about, whatever crazy questions I throw out there. Um, also, Cheers to Comics is doing live auctions. Yep, I decided to jump in the auction game. So tune in on. Monday nights at 9:30 p.m. Mountain Time, and you'll hear me getting rid of books, throwing out great deals. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I I'm, mean, I'm, you know, I never thought I'd be the guy selling books, just but you know it turns out, I'm I'm dedicated to getting books in people's hands. You know, I'm trying not to hoard these books. I've had my fill with a, a certain portion of them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's time for others to enjoy it at bargain prices, so jump on the Facebook group, I'll let you in. And as always, use slurs, wash your hands, read responsibly, cheers fuckers. Ah, uh,
0: you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne.